Hello. Hello. I'm Ezra. And I'm Sasha. And welcome to another episode of our podcast, Concerning Climate. Today, we have Phil Aronianu. Phil Aronianu is an organizer, strategist, and campaigner. He co-founded 350.org, worked at the American Civil Liberties Union, and helped build organizations, movements, and electoral efforts. He currently serves as Chief Strategy Officer at Dayenu, a Jewish call to climate action. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah, thank you so much. So what is your definition of climate change? Um, well, climate change, um, as it, we talk about it contempor- contemporarily, is basically uh, since the beginning of the Industrial Revolution, uh, which is in the late 1800s through now, um, humans have essentially been extracting um, carbon, which is a, uh, a normal part of the, uh, the atmosphere, um, but extracting carbon from underground in the form of fossil fuels, so coal, oil, and gas, and burning it to create energy, um, to transport us, to heat our buildings, to create electricity, et cetera. And that carbon, um, when released and burned, turns into carbon dioxide, which essentially creates this blanket um, in the atmosphere that uh, essentially covers the earth. It lets uh, heat and sun rays in, um, and the more carbon dioxide you put in the atmosphere, um, the less sun rays can bounce off the surface of the planet and go back out into space. So they get stuck um, in between that blanket of carbon dioxide and the earth and um, are essentially heating up um, our planet in ways that um, are really destructive. So that's my layman's definition of climate change. Great. So what is Dayenu? Dayenu is uh, a Jewish call to climate action. So we're a pretty new organization. We've been around for a couple of years. Um, and our goal is to bring the people and the power of the Jewish community in the United States, um, individuals, communities, institutions, to this crucial, crucial issue of climate change and um, be part of the solution. You know, we know that something like 80% of the Jewish community here in the United States uh, believes that climate change is both happening and is really concerned about it. Um, But clearly 80% of the Jewish community isn't engaged fully in um, trying to uh, prevent the worst impacts from unfolding. So our mission is to sort of fill that gap um, between what we know Jews care about in this country and what we know needs to happen on climate. Um, what kind of work do you do um, by yourself and with organizations? Um, Dainu so far has been really focused on um, advocating for the passage of federal legislation. So we want new laws to be passed at the federal level um, that really invest in the kind of uh, clean energy and clean transportation that we know is necessary um, if we're going to meet what science and justice demand. But our, beyond the sort of advocacy work that we do, uh, which has largely been focused on, um, at present, passing the Build Back Better Act, uh, a, a giant sort of uh, climate and spending bill um, that's currently lending its way through Congress, we do all sorts of other stuff too. We uh, build out um, 
a movement around the country. So we're building a groups, little groups called Dainu Circles all around the country. There are about 90 of them that are centered at synagogues or in different neighborhoods that uh, work with us at the national level, but also work on local issues. Um, we partner with lots and lots of different kinds of organizations from Jewish federations in North America to um, the Religious Action Center for, uh, uh, for Reform Judaism to lots and lots of grassroots organizations. We partner with multi-faith organizations like Interfaith Power and Light and Green Faith and many others um, who are doing really fantastic work across uh, religion and faith organizations. Um, and we also do a lot of work around what we call spiritual adaptation. So we know that lots of people, including Jews, but not exclusively Jews, you know, see the headlines in the newspapers every morning um, and they feel that anxiety and that fear, right? Just a couple of weeks ago, a thousand houses burned down in Colorado because of the Marshall Fire. Um, and earlier this year, um, you know, we had two historic floods here in New York City that wiped out a bunch of basements um, and flooded subways and things like that. Um, it's hard to stay focused on that. That fear and anxiety rises up and we tend to turn away from that. Um, but as Jews, we have a long history of sort of facing up to existential crisis in our, you know, both the biblical history and our uh, tradition and our, in our recent history um, and actually confronting it. Um, and doing something about it, um, and learning how to live in the aftermath of those existential crises. So what spiritual adaptation does is it sort of is building some new Torah around what it means to be a Jew in this moment. Um, and Dainu is sort of building that whole project out um, through workshops and, and things like that. So advocacy, movement building, um, spiritual adaptation work, we are nonpartisan, but we also um, help get out the vote because we know that to get climate on the agenda, um, we need to make sure climate voters, um, including Jewish climate voters are out there talking about climate um, and thinking about it as they go to the ballot box. Um, and um, in uh, we although we haven't yet done a lot of work on this front, we also um, um, are really advocating for an end to the era of uh, the fossil fuel industry. And so we're figuring out ways to stand up to that, uh, that industry, uh, which for decades and decades has really um, influenced our politics in a really bad, bad way um, to prevent climate action, delay and denial all the way through. Um, and so Dainu is out there working with indigenous communities, working with folks who are on the front lines of the crisis. Um, and we're also looking to uh, press banks and institutions to move their money away from the fossil fuel industry so that the fossil fuel industry doesn't have any financing to continue operating in the way that they have. What, what would you say is the most important thing that your career taught you about climate change? Um, I feel like I've learned a lot about climate change um, from reading and uh, you know, the sort of abstract idea of climate change by reading articles and listening to lectures and going to classes and things like that. I think what my career has really taught me is just how powerful ordinary people are. 
Um, and it's less about climate change per se and more about just sort of the power of people um, who don't think of themselves as activists maybe, um, who are young people or who are community members who are living in a town or city that's been impacted by the fossil fuel industry or who are you know farmers and ranchers or tribal folks who are um, fighting pipelines in their backyards, the people who are really feeling the impacts right now. And um, oftentimes when we think about climate, we think about it, it just feels so big, right? But for a lot of people, and I think we're beginning to see this everywhere, for a lot of people, it's really personal, right? If your house burned down in the Marshall Fire a couple of weeks ago, you got nowhere to go, right? And so I think really listening and learning and being part of the conversation with um, and being in relationship with folks who are really on the front lines of this crisis can teach us a lot about how we ought to move forward. Um, because these are folks who are really feeling the impacts right now, right? It's not abstract for them. So what are some of the most interesting experiences you've had working with Dayenu and other organizations? Oh, wow. Um, there've been a lot of really interesting and strange experiences that I've been a part of in my career. Um, I'll start sort of pre-Dayenu. Um, and I think one of the biggest most powerful things and most interesting things that I've ever been involved with was um, being one of the lead organizers on the People's Climate March in 2014, which was a giant um, march in the streets of New York City um, that put about half a million people uh, um, in the streets or protesting ahead of a big international leaders meeting in New York. Um, And I never thought it possible that we could get that many people activated on climate. This was like pre-youth climate strikes. So we didn't even know that that many people cared about climate at that moment and that they'd be willing to, you know, drop everything and come to New York City and march in the streets with us. Um, and I think what was crucially important for, in the People's Climate March was actually that the people who were most impacted by the crisis were right at the front of that march. Um, for a long time, I think climate change has been the domain of scientists and of wonky uh, activists and economists and other sort of really sort of like science-based um, folks and um, and environmentalists who I consider myself one of, but also I think got it wrong um, uh, in terms of messaging on climate for a long time. Um, it wasn't actually about the polar bears Uh, primarily it was about people. Um, And I think what the People's Climate March did was it really shifted the narrative so and told a story of uh, that this is a crisis that is affecting people in a deep, deep way. And that it actually intersects with lots of other challenges that we're facing as a nation from racism to um, indigenous rights, um, to poverty, to economic justice, like all those pieces actually Um, are integral to how we experience climate Um, and to solve um, and prevent the worst impacts of climate change, we actually have to address some of those issues. So that to me was like a big wake-up call. And I think it was a wake-up call for the rest of the climate movement. Um, And that's trickled into the sort of mainstream of the climate movement in a big way over the last few years. 
Um, so um, one of the things we're doing at Dainu is we're really trying to walk the talk. Um, we sent a Jewish delegation of um, Dainu circle leaders from around uh, the country to um, Anishinaabe territory um, in Northern Minnesota where um, indigenous activists had been fighting a tar sands pipeline called Line 3. Uh, and this happened over the summer. Um, I wasn't there, but um, I was really proud that Dainu was able to listen to the um, calls for solidarity from Anishinaabe elders um, and um, actually able to show up in a meaningful way uh, on that front. And it's crucial, you know, one of the pieces that I think is really important to recognize is that, you know, our preference is that we would not be building any more oil and gas and tar sands pipelines and that there should be laws passed at the federal level. Um, and that financiers should recognize that to build these things is to burn up the planet. And yet we're still in a situation where the fossil fuel industry and financiers and politicians um, really are in thrall, you know, in the thrall of the fossil fuel industry. And they, um, and so we have to fight these one by one. Um, and that's really, really difficult. Um, and so we want to show up for these communities as they're fighting these pipelines and drilling rigs and fracking fights, et cetera, et cetera. Um, because we as Jewish climate activists have a moral um, sort of a, a values-based approach to this. And we have the, you know, we have power in those situations as well, as long as we're in relationship with the folks who are directly impacted. Um, when did you first start participating in climate activism? Ooh, um, I was actually 14 when my, uh, one of my best friends dragged me to a meeting of our environmental club uh, at high school and then dragged me to a lobby day that the Sierra Student Coalition, which is the student run arm of the Sierra Club at the time, was organizing in Washington, D.C. And, you know, I didn't know anything about it. I just went because my best friend dragged me to it, but it got me hooked for life. And basically I've been doing climate and environmental activism since then. That's very inspiring. To someone who started um, advocation for climate action, since you started so young, um, what advice do you have for people um, like us interested in saving the earth? It's a really good question. I think surround yourself with people you wanna hang out with and do the work with. Um, like it's not just about the impact you're having in the moment. There are always, it's always going to be tough to do activism, but it's way more fun to do it with people who are your friends and who you care about and you want to hang out with. So get your friends involved, form a group, um, you know, um, try to put your, get yourself in a situation where you get to choose who you get to work with. Um, and that'll provide you with the kind of energy and backup that you'll need to be doing this for a long time. Um, I think secondly, a lot of young people are really angry about the situation. I know that when I was young, I was pretty angry. I was like, 
what are my parents' generation doing? They're like screwing us over right now. And we're going to be the first generation to feel the impacts. Um, and I think that anger can be really healthy um, and like not shying away from that, not trying to sort of sugarcoat that anger, I think is really important. Um, like young people have a right to be angry right now. Um, but recognizing that that's sort of like fiery anger. Um, if you're going to be in this work for a really long time, it can't be the only thing that's driving you. Um, you got to have, you know, you got to have a strategy, something that feels like you're actually making progress and you're going to leading to something that you're going to win. Um, you're going to want to have a theory of change. You might hear activists talk about theory of change. It's like, almost like a hypothesis, like if we do this, then this will happen, a sort of strategy in a little bit of a nutshell. Um, you want to be part of some kind of organization or movement where you feel secure and you have people backing you up and you have people who can step in when you need to step out. Um, it doesn't nobody any good to just be sort of like a you know, an influencer or like a speechifier if you don't have anybody else around you doing the work with you. Um, that's not actually a movement. That's just sort of like self-promotion. Um, and recognize that what you're doing is really rooted, at least for Jewish people, in deeply held Jewish values. Um, pursuing justice, um, not harming others, um, ensuring that future generations can live. These are all pieces, you know, Jewish wisdom and Mishnah and Torah that we can draw from that ground us in this work for the long term. If you had one piece of advice and or information that you could give to uh, us and everyone listening, what would it be? Hmm. Well, I would invite you to join us at Dayanu. Um, we have a lot of really cool stuff going on. We just launched a youth program for um, people 18 to 32 um, uh, called Taking Down Goliath, which is a whole training program um, about how to try to push on the fossil fuel industry um, and be the Davids that we know we need to be. Um, and you know, I think we have the kind of infrastructure, training, support, et cetera, um, and strategies that I think are going to be successful uh, for folks in the Jewish community, whether you're, you know, a high school student or a college student or um, uh, a, an older person who's running a new circle in your town or city. Um, you know, we want to be a movement that's multi-generational and I think we are. And so we just welcome folks to take part. Um, and I think the other pieces of advice were, that, that I mentioned were like, surround yourself with people that you wanna hang out with and actually are friends with, uh, have a strategy and a theory of change um, and try to set yourself up so you can be in it for the long haul. Cause that's what we need here. Well, that concludes our interview. Thank you so much for coming. You bet. Um, happy to be here and, you know, keep up the great work. Yeah, thank you yeah. so much. Thanks.
Thank you so much for watching. And remember to follow us on our Instagram, at Concerning Climate Podcast. And remember to do good things for the environment. See you soon. Bye. Thank you.